What the hell just happened in Boston? Holy crap, what a crazy comeback by the Brooklyn Nets. I would say in my time of being a fan for the past know, almost 20 years now, that has to be the most unexpected Nets one I've ever seen. Jersey, Brooklyn, doesn't matter. I have never, I mean, I was like in my kitchen getting food at like middle of the second quarter. My brother's a Celtics fan. He's just walking in the kitchen with like a little grin on his face. And, you know, there's nothing to say as a Nets fan. You're just like, uh, it is what it is. But down 28 points in the second quarter, they make this insane comeback. They actually take the lead by the end of the third quarter, and they actually hold on in the fourth. Big plays by Mikael Bridges. Big threes by Dorian Finney-Smith, who finally found his shot. Even Spencer Dinwiddie had a nice game. Nets benefited from an off three-point shooting game from Jason Tatum, things like that. I think Rob Williams left with a hamstring injury, so that helps as well. But my goodness, what a great comeback by Brooklyn, who... You know, they were outscored 37 to 15 in the first quarter. And you're sitting there thinking, man, this sucks. Like, I can't even watch this team anymore. But second quarter, late second quarter comes around. You start to see some signs of life. They cut it to like a 22-point game or something. And it's like, all right, well, at least it's not too embarrassing. Third quarter happens. The Nets outscored Boston 34 to 20 in the third quarter, which obviously was not expected at all. And then the fourth quarter, Nets outscored them 26-21. So the Nets held the Celtics, who have to be top five in the NBA in, in total offense and all that, offensive efficiency, to 41 points in the second half. And this is what we had envisioned when the Nets put this uh, team together, you know, right on the fly, after the uh, the, um, the All-Star break or the trade deadline, when you had all these, you know, 3 and D wings and you would have these, uh, you know, switchable defenders this was a good matchup for Brooklyn. It, it really was. I feel like Boston is a team the Nets can match up with. Of course, Boston's much better. I'm not making that argument. But in terms of matching up defensively, as compared to that Nets team that got swept last year, I know they had Kevin and Kyrie. That's great. But this team, at least size and length-wise, is so much better than what the Nets had last year with like Patty Mills and Seth Curry on the floor. It was terrible. So... You know, it's it's great to get this win. And I would say, you know, uh, including the fact that the Nets have not beat this Celtics team in the last 10 games. Like, I think the Nets' last win versus the Celtics up until tonight was, like, November of 2021. So, I mean, we're talking, like, a full year and, like, four months or something. It's been crazy. So, they finally get it done, but uh, it was pretty cool. Actually, I want to see the exact score. I definitely bookmarked it at some point. I think John Boy Media posted a picture of, like, what the exact scores were. So, with 7.23 to go in the second quarter, it was 51-23 Boston. And, I mean, of course, everyone's thinking this game's over. Like, why'd they put this shit on ESPN? Like, it was pointless, the Nets suck. And then by the fourth quarter, well, they took this picture in the fourth quarter, with 7.59 to go in the game, the Nets were up 100-88. to So, I still don't know how it happened. I can't really fathom what just happened here, but it's pretty cool. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, once again, awesome game. 5 of 11 from 3. I've never seen Finney-Smith, I mean, I've only seen him play as a net for like 3 weeks, but I've never seen this man take even close to 11 threes, but 5 of 11 from 3, 17 points, a plus 14. He was definitely really good on defense tonight. Had 9 rebounds as well. Had 2 blocks. Had a great block in the first half. Uh, weak side block. You had Mikael Bridges, who I don't think I brought up yet. He was awesome. 
McHale with 38, so he's had a 45-point game as a net, a 38-point game as a net, both of them resulting in wins. I think those are the only wins that he's had as a net so far. So in games where Bridges scores over 38, the Nets are undefeated, so you got that going for you. He was 13 of 22, 4 of 6 from 3, 10 rebounds, had 4 assists, plus 8 overall. Nick Claxton only had two points, one of four, but did have 12 rebounds, did have two assists, did have three blocks, so he made an impact defensively, of course, had some good rebounds. Dinwiddie was, you know, he was all right. He was plus five, 17 points, six of 14, one of five from three, four of six at the line. He missed a pair, remember that. Um, He had eight assists, which is definitely big. Three steals, that's also nice. And even a guy like Royce O'Neal, who let's be honest, has not been worth a first-round pick so far. But in a game uh, like tonight, he definitely showed up. He had 10 points, a plus 14. He was one of six from three, so he's definitely had better games shooting-wise than this. But I feel like defensively, this was one of his better games. So I liked what I saw from Royce O'Neal, three assists, one steal as well. Joe Harris played eight minutes. He made a three, so... But my my goodness, Joe Harris got cooked. I mean, my brother texted me like Joe Harris is a cone. And I think I missed that play. But then I saw a replay of it. It was the play where Jalen Brown did like the, the hesitation move and Joe Harris like completely whiffed. And I think that led to Cam Johnson getting his third or fourth foul. I think Johnson had the foul because Joe Harris got beat so badly. So, um, yeah, Joe Harris can't play defense. It's a damn shame at this point. Uh, Seth Curry was not that bad. He didn't make a three. It was 0-3 from downtown, but a plus 14, eight points, four of eight. Had a, a three steals. Wow, three steals. I know he had that one steal that led to the layup, but three steals for Seth Curry. He poked the ball away from Tatum that one time. That was nice. Cam Thomas was, uh, it was not his night. Seven minutes, 0-4, minus 14. So the Nets really finished in the second half with like only six or seven guys. Finney Smith, Cam Johnson, McHale, Clax, Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, and a little bit of Seth Curry. So they played like six or seven guys in the second half. And and obviously that might not be sustainable because you're going to need more bodies than that. But still, I mean, to have that happen was awesome. Um, I've said plenty of times I hate Boston. They're like my most hated team in basketball. So to finally beat them is a great feeling. I know they're in a much better spot than we are, but it's about damn time we got a win here. So, you know, I kind of reached a point with the Nets where it's like I didn't really care anymore if they won or lost. And, at you know, during the second quarter and even the first quarter, I was just laughing like this team is horrendous. Like how are we supposed to watch another 18, 19 games of this crap? But, you know, they got it done. And it's, you know, once they win a game like that, it feels good. It kind of draws you back in. And you're thinking like, all right, you know, maybe this team can do something. And, yeah, now I kind of feel like I'm getting sucked back in here. And I'm going to look like a damn fool when they probably lose their next five games. But um, at least for right now, it feels pretty good. I know they play the Hornets next and they play the Rockets after. So, you know, a three-game win streak's not impossible. But, you know, you got to play the games. You got to win the games. So, yeah, this was awesome. Just one of the most unexpected wins you'll ever see. And I was a little nervous. There was a time where, like, the Nets took the lead in the late third quarter. They were up, like, 90 to 84. And I'm thinking, like, hey, it was a good run, but I feel like Boston's going to come back. And I don't think Boston made a three the entire third quarter. They may have hit, like, one three the entire second half. Maybe two. I know that Horford made the first one in a long time. And then I think Marcus Smart made a pull-up three at one point after that. But they might have had, like, two or three threes the entire second half, which, you know, Boston definitely loves shooting some three-pointers. So when they were off shooting from downtown in the uh, second half, it definitely helped the Nets um, defensively. So, you know, Boston killed them in just about every category in the first half. I want to look at the team totals to see how badly... 
everything looked overall. The Celtics did shoot 6% better, but the Nets got up 11 more shots, so that brings me to rebounds. The Nets actually were out-rebounded by one, but the Nets had 13 offensive rebounds to their nine. There was one possession, and this kind of scared me too, where the Nets had like four or five offensive rebounds. I know Cam Johnson missed two threes in the corner on that possession. I think Mikael Bridges missed the layup on that possession and like some other shot, but they had like four or five offensive rebounds on one possession and they couldn't get the damn ball on the hoop. And that led to some Celtics momentum. And I'm like, damn, that was like the possession right there. If they made a shot there, they would have kept that momentum. And I thought for sure at that point that based on like the four offensive rebounds and not getting a point out of it, that it was going to result in a Boston run, but it didn't happen. So the Nets did a good job of like stopping the bleeding in the second half. I mean, the Celtics didn't have that many runs, and it was great to see. So down 28 to somehow up by 16 at one point in this game. Uh, you can tell I'm still dumbfounded. I don't know how it happened, but it's awesome. The Celtics did have 18 more points in the paint. That's definitely a problem, but the Nets have never had a backup center since... Uh, I don't know. When's the last time we had a backup center like Jerome Jordan in 2014? Like it's, it, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I don't know why they can't build this roster correctly, but that's none of my business. Um, they were pretty even in a lot of categories. The Nets actually had six less turnovers. That's a big thing. But like fast break points was close. Assist was close. Steals was close. Blocks was close. You know, everything was pretty much right there. Three-point percentage. You know, Nets shot 31.8%. The Celtics shot 30%. So when you get the Celtics shooting 30% from three, you're going to give yourself a decent shot to win those games. So. so as I said, this is what you envisioned when this team was put together. Like, that's why it was so frustrating. You saw these Nets games recently, and they were giving up 130 points, 120, 140. I think the Knicks put up 140-something, right? excuse me 142 142 against this team they gave up 118 to the bucks they gave up 129 to the hawks 131 to the bulls and it was like bro the one good thing about this team was supposed to be defense and you can't even play defense but at least tonight we saw i know boston they missed some open shots that they normally would make but i think the nets overall played a good defense i have to give them credit it wasn't just as simple as oh boston they missed some you know open shots like no i think the nets actually did a good job tonight defensively there were some breakdowns in the first half that were very embarrassing there may have been like three separate occasions where a celtic had a wide open lane to the basket one of those was a um a Jalen Brown dunk, I remember that play. I think Royce O'Neal was supposed to switch with uh, Mikhail Bridges. It never happened and had a, a wide-open lane to the basket. There were a couple other times where a Boston player just had a wide-open lane to the hoop. But, like, aside from that, I think the second half, something changed. And I got to give Jock Vaughn credit. I, I'm still a little annoyed that Jock Vaughn got the premature extension. They should have let the year play out first, but it is what it is. But to, um, to coach your team back from something like that, down 28 to possibly the best team in the NBA. I think they're the best team in the NBA, Boston. So, you know, down 28 on the road, you haven't beaten them in over two, uh, over one year, you know, a year and four months, whatever I said before. Um, there's been some, some bad vibes playing against Boston. So um, for you to just, you know, be able to coach this team back and just keep them focused and engaged and play the right lineups and rotations, that was big. So I give Jock Vaughn a lot of credit. I don't think he's a perfect coach by any means, but tonight at least he was pretty damn good. So I liked what I saw there from Jock Vaughn. So standings wise, I guess they still remain as the sixth seed. They're probably still like a game and a half back of the Knicks. I think the Knicks played tonight. I forget. I think they played the Heat, right? So 
I'll check right now if they won that game or not. It might still be going on, but it is actually a Knicks lead with 56 seconds left, 118-116. So I'll just probably stick around until this game's over just to find out. But um, yeah, the Nets can gain a game, I guess, on the Knicks. I know they've tied their season series 2-2, so I don't know how the tiebreaker works outside of that, but there's a lot of games left, so it's not really worth worrying about right now. But anyway, um, I guess it's good, though, because I know the Nets are trying to fend off the Heat, so... If the Knicks win, the Heat get further back from the Nets. So I guess whatever happens, happens. It's probably a positive no matter what. But yeah, I mean, for this Nets team, it's about can you stay in the uh, the sixth seed? Like, you don't want to fall back to the 7, 8, 9, 10 area where you have to be in a play-in tournament. We saw that last year. We saw the Nets had the matchup with Boston. We saw the Nets get swept. That's something that you definitely want to avoid. But uh, as I said last video, when I talked to you guys, the Nets have a tough schedule. We know that for sure. Um, they had the seventh toughest schedule coming out of the break, and you can see why there are some tough teams out there. So it's just disappointing, though, how the last, like, you know, six out of seven games went basically. Like that game at Philly, not at Philly, home versus Philly still kind of irks me. The, you know, the missed call when James Harden had that defensive foul, that could have easily been a win. You had that game against Atlanta on Sunday where that could have been a win, of course. And, had some games where he didn't even bother showing up, like the last two Knicks games, the Milwaukee game, the game at Chicago, of course, when they were down like 70 to 29 at one point. So, um, as I said, very unexpected, but a fun win tonight. Um, we do get Charlotte, Houston, and then at Milwaukee after this, and I think they're at Minnesota after that. So, uh, tough schedule. Then you have Denver, OKC, Sacramento, Denver again, Cleveland twice, at Miami. It's it's going to be tough. These This is a tough stretch. I think if the Nets are serious about like staying in the top seven seeds or top six seeds, they have to win these next two games. Like You can't afford to drop a game versus Charlotte without LaMelo Ball. You can't afford to lose to a Houston team that I think might have the worst record in the entire NBA. You have to find a way. Get yourself on a three-game win streak. Go to Milwaukee on a three-game win streak. Hopefully pull out a win there somehow and see what happens. But yeah, this was awesome. Great to finally beat Boston. Hopefully this gives them some momentum and we can stop talking about tanking. But <laughs> we'll find out what happens in the coming days. I'll try to talk to you guys probably uh, maybe after that Milwaukee game on Thursday. If not, probably after that Minnesota game a week from now on Friday night. But I hope you guys enjoyed the video and I'll talk to you guys next time.